Hello, I'm Noah Hardwick, and you're listening to the I Know a Guy podcast, the show where we discuss the difficulties of curating Christian music with guests while discovering new music along the way. Joining me today is Gabriel Jones of Decent Christian Talk, uh, which is a website and a podcast that does uh, covers all sorts of Christian music and does a lot of interviews and stuff. So, uh, Gabe, do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself and about what the Decent Christian Talk is all about? Okay. Uh, well, yeah, my name is Gabe. Um, I am 31 years old. And I have grown up listening to all kinds of, of uh, Christian music over the years. I was kind of raised in that. Um, I kind of dabbled, and I, you know, I, I, I can play, you know, guitar and stuff, but I, I never really had the drive to be like, uh, like a professional musician or whatever. But I always wanted to be involved with it in some capacity. Um, and I, the whole journalism aspect intrigued me. I actually went to journalism school for a couple of years. Um, and I, I, I decided to leave that field just because um, just the whole job prospect, um, that, that thing just wasn't really happening. Because when I was in journalism school, that's kind of when all the newspapers started dying out. So I just didn't think that would be the best idea, but I kind of, Still left that option open, and, and a couple years later, I, I that's what led me to start this uh, website. It actually started with a Twitter account that was actually like dedicated to the '90s sensation DC Talk, <laughs> and uh, it was kind of a joke to be honest with you, um, because it was just kind of like, a, "Hey, this is a bunch of fans. Yeah, we're waiting for DC Talk to get back together," and I kind of just left it out there hanging and I didn't really do much with it. And like the, I check one day and there's a couple thousand followers on there and I'm like, wow. well, okay, well, uh, and there, I mean, there was a lot of reasons for that. I mean, we, you know, there was, this was kind of like when all the rumors started swirling again, cause they, they got back together to do like a presentation for their supernatural album. And then they did their induction for their pastor at the uh, Dove Awards, and so there was—I mean, there was stuff going around, and, and and along with that, I think people actually thought I was DC Talk for a while, <laughs> <laughs> which which I mean, which is kind of crazy because on right on the bio it says that we're a fan page, and so, but anyway, uh, you know, some people kind of talked me into starting the website from that, and. At the very like genesis of that, it was just going to be kind of a blog type thing, mm-hmm. and you know I would just post every now and then, and uh, you know maybe monthly or something, you know just about what was going on and and everything, and uh, like very shortly after that, um, I started contacting a few people just that I had kind of had contact with through Facebook and whatnot. Just kind of throwing some feelers out there, seeing if there would be some artists that would be interested. And I was just very, very surprised at the amount of people that said, yeah, sure, we'll talk to you. And actually, the first guy that ever said yes was Jimmy Abeg, who actually was on our podcast this week. Yeah, uh, he I was our, listened to that one. He was our very first artist interview way back in 2014, I think. Um, so... Um, 
So we did that for a while on the website, but um, as life got kind of hectic for me, the whole transcribing interviews kind of got a little Mm. tough for me. And so, and not only that, I saw kind of the whole journalism media uh, interview kind of format evolving into a podcast form and that becoming more popular uh, kind of a format, I guess you could say. And so last summer I transitioned to becoming more of a podcast uh, and that's kind of where I am now and that's where I've been since and that's kind of the Cliff Notes version, I guess. That's that's a pretty good summary, I think. You actually raised a couple of questions that I have for you now, though, based on what, everything you just went there. So first of all, one of the questions I was going to ask you is, is how do you build a fan base? And it sounds like your suggestion would be to imitate a classic band. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you could find an old, you know, maybe you could hit uh, Petra up maybe or somebody. No, you know, I, you know, for me, social media is, is really key. Um, because I mean, it's for, for one thing, it's free, um, right. and you're going to find a lot of different, um, you're going to find a lot of different people from all over the world. I mean, I mean, that's put me into contact with so many people. Not only that, but you also get into contact with, with uh, people that could help you out with interviews, um, and, and whatnot. Um, but, uh, I would say, you know, just kind of. As far as that is concerned, getting getting out there, social media has been a big reason why we've we've been able to grow, and and that's kind of been tough too because even the social media algorithms have evolved since we've started, and it's yeah. kind of tough. It's kind of tough to promote things like on Facebook anymore because they they'll like if it has a web address in it, it's kind of hard to. Re- I don't know why, but it's just hard the way that it's set up, but. But social media is the biggest reason why, yeah. Yeah, it seems like a lot of social media is moving towards a very uh, visual format. So, like, if it's not an image or a video, then it's just going to get lost. Yeah, um, which is a lot of reason why the posts that I do are pictures and Mm -hmm. not just, like, text. Because I've noticed that people respond more to that. Yeah, and so another thing you you were talking about is you, you... notice the trend moving away from like journalism uh, towards like podcasts and stuff. And you were noting how you'd kind of started out doing like text-based interviews and now you're doing a podcast. So I guess my question would be is like, how are you doing interviews when they were, were text-based? Um, and then how is that different from when you're doing them as a podcast now? Well, um, n- some has changed, some has not. I mean, it just kind of, before, the, there was the whole option of doing a couple interviews here and there over email. And obviously, you can't do that with a podcast anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of I've kind of not thrown the idea away of at least posting those kind of interviews on the website because, there, you know, there's a few bands that are overseas, like in Europe, that I, I can't really do much because our time schedules are impossible to line up. Yeah. Um, but, but that, that would be the main difference. The, the, as far as phone is concerned, uh, the only thing that's really changed is I have to be more mindful of the, the quality, um, of the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, cause before I would use an app called Google talk, I think. Yes. And, 
I, which is perfect if you're just transcribing an interview, but if you try to listen to it in a podcast form, it sounds kind of scratchy and, and mm-hmm. is not too pleasant to listen to. So I've kind of had to evolve into just making sure that it sounds better, I guess. Yes, I'm curious, what uh, do you use to uh, do your calls and interviews with? Because obviously this is something that I'm doing now, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to do that. So what advice would you have for uh, getting the best call quality when you're doing interviews? Uh, My best advice would be to uh, um, find a lot of cash under a couch and invest (laughs) into recording equipment. Uh, for some of us, that's not the best option. I, I, I actually still use the Google Talk app, but I use it through my laptop. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm able to record the that side of it, like the, the, the person talking, that side of it. And then I will record my voice on a different track um, and just kind of splice them together, yeah. if that makes sense. No, it makes and, sense. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that that for me has worked best. It's not always easy because I'm not always home when that happens. Mm-hmm. Because you know sometimes I have to schedule an interview while I, you know I have a full time job and so I'll have to do one while I'm at work. And so <laughs> it gets a little tricky. Um, but you know, luckily I you know I've found other ways to do it. But but that's that's the main way I, I just kind of record uh through google talk and sometimes skype kind of so, like what we're doing now right right <laughs> so when you're doing an interview do you kind of go in with like a, a list of questions that you want to hit or do you just kind of go in with like the idea of we're just going to see where this conversation goes and uh, how much uh work do you put into like kind of uh, outlining that yeah um so it, it really depends on a couple of things. Um, I, I usually do have a, a few bullet points um, as far as, as questions and, 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 and how I want it to go. If they're promoting, if I know that they're trying to promote an album, um, that some of the preparation will be me listening to the album because sometimes their management will send me an advanced copy of the album and I'll get to listen to it and, and, and you know that's that'll be part of the preparation um and and it also depends on my familiarity with the artist um i've gone into interviews with four or five words written on a piece of paper and i've been able to talk with them for 20 25 minutes just because i i I knew i kind of you know i followed them um some artists i don't really know that much about to be honest with you and and i kind of have to research a little bit more um but but um, either way, both 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 examples end up coming up well if the artist really wants to have a conversation. Um, sometimes you know, to their to their credit, you know they they you know they they get tired and you know they probably get tired of doing interviews all mm-hmm. the time, <laughs> and so it sometimes you have to kind of be creative and and getting a response from them. Um, yeah, right. So, so it, that, that can be tricky, but, but most of the time I, I've found that they're, they're very friendly and, and all that, but that would be the, the main ways that I prepare. Do you do anything to like try and help 
artist feel more comfortable when you're doing an interview to kind of make it more relaxed and conversation like? Uh, yeah, sometimes. I mean, if, you know, sometimes I'll do like a, a fun way to break the ice. Like, uh, uh, for an example, um, we, we did these series of interviews, uh, with a lot of the people on the craze label, uh, reach records. Mm -hmm. And we asked every single one of them, like, if you were going one-on-one with somebody, who would you want to play or, you know? And so we kind of ended up like, for an example, we, we asked Andy Minio the first question out of the gate, um, who's, you know, out of the guys on Reach Records, who's the best? And, you know, just kind of got him going a little bit and got him laughing. And, you know, from then, from there, it just kind of seemed uh, pretty, pretty relaxed. And, um, and it's, it's a fun joke that, that I, you know, I think that they even joke around with themselves about just based on what I see from their social media posts. And, uh, yeah. So, you, you know, getting into that is just kind of, you know, they, they probably have a little bit of a defensive wall, you know, at first, if they're not familiar with you, but right. as soon as, as soon as you can get them to laugh and, and relax a little bit, it, it, it's a good sign that it'll be a good interview. That's, that's a good tip. That's one that I may have to start using. <laughs> so, uh, like you mentioned how uh, responsive and receptive people were to doing interviews and kind of being surprised about that. Why do you think that is? And then also, who's like the most surprising person that you've gotten a chance to interview that you wouldn't have ever expected? Um, what was the first question again? First question is just, why do you think that people are so receptive to doing interviews. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so that, that's actually one of the reasons why I started this. Um, I, I grew up with like CCM magazine and, um, you know, that those kind of publications and I, you know, as kind of journalism evolved, I kind of looked around when I, when I first started the website and one of the things that I asked was, okay, what, what, what can I do that is not really something that anybody else is doing? And I would say that, and I don't know, maybe you would disagree with this, but, but I, I would say probably a majority of websites that are dedicated to music are specifically, not completely, but mostly review sites. Like they review music. I would definitely and, say I see saw that at least in the past um i feel like it's moving a little bit away from that but uh, definitely that's been the trend throughout the music history on the internet right so that's one thing i just said absolutely we're not going to do that we're going to leave that up to the listener uh we're just going to talk to the artist and based on on that we're just going to leave it up to the listener and i think that that is is something that artists really are happy to have a platform because i i don't there's not a whole lot of, I mean, there's not very much other than like local radio stations where they'll travel and, and every now and then get to, to, to like, you know, talk to the morning show host about what's going on. There's, there's not really a whole lot of, I don't know of very many podcasts out there in Christian music where they can actually sit down and, and kind of share their heart. Right. And, um, so I think that that's one reason why it's, they've been so receptive is because there's just a lack of that. 
out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I, I guess that's one reason why I, I really was passionate about starting this. Um, as far as artists that I, I was surprised with, um, that's that's tough um, because I, I've, you know, I've gotten to interview a lot of people that, that I've kind of grew up listening to. Um, but I, I would... I would honestly say, um, and I, I maybe it's just because it's fresh, but Jimmy Abeg is one of those guys that has just, you know, he's just very open and honest about what's going on. And he's also someone that <laughs> after the recorder is shut off, we, we probably talked for another 20 minutes about mm-hmm. just life and stuff and, and, you know, what's going on and, and, you know, there's, I've gotten to, you know, just get to know artists personally. And, you know, that's, that's been surprising. I think a lot of times with artists, you know, when they're just going and going and going so fast, sometimes they, they crave that kind of a relationship, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. And, and um, so they're so drawn to that conversation that, that, you know, I guess that, that, it's just really cool to see them, see that side of them. Um, I don't know, you know, Kevin Max, that's another favorite mm-hmm. of mine that I've gotten to talk with. Um, he's, he's someone that, that I would consider a friend now. Um, just, uh, you know, I guess another guy would be, uh, Joel Smallbone from, for King and Country. Uh, you know, that's not always a genre that I would typically listen to, mm-hmm. but, just getting to talk with him after growing up listening to a sister um, <laughs> was was really cool. Um, and uh, not that I dislike for King Country because I love them, right. but, but just just getting to hear kind of his his humor, I guess, because that I mean that if you go back and listen to that one, uh, he you know he jokes around a lot, and it's it's kind of cool to see that side. Mm-hmm. So going back to uh, uh, my mind just slipped. Uh, Jimmy Abeck, what? Yes, did I get that right? Yeah, uh, who you had on your podcast uh, just this week? Uh, yes. I just got around to listening to that episode today, and it's a special that you did on Rich Mullins. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Rich Mullins because I I grew up my mom playing all his music, you know all the time. And so I, those songs are just songs that I associate with my childhood. So there's a real nostalgia to them for me. Um, mm-hmm. and you did a, a podcast with, uh, you did, a, a what you call a, a flashback and you talked about one of his albums and then you had on, uh, Jimmy who was in his band. And then you talked about a new crowdfunding campaign, uh, that they have going on. Uh, uh, I really loved it. It was a great episode. And um, I mean, I don't know. Do you have anything Thank you, you. want to add to the conversation about Rich Mullins? <laughs> oh, you know, uh, he is one of those guys that, and, and this is kind of one of those, like I just talked about, um, a lot of times the conversations that, that doesn't get heard, you know, after their quarter gets shut off. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with artists that just speak so highly of Rich. And, um, you know, just like you said, uh, you know, I grew up with him as well. And 
that I mean I I'm not lying when I say I think this this episode that I that came out this week is probably my favorite just because how much this artist means to me and mm-hmm. um, I just really you know one of the things that I really enjoy is getting to promote projects like this and um, you know I I don't get anything out of it personally or monetarily I guess would be the best word. I just I think it's important to promote that artistry, um, and you know that. So when I saw that project, I did everything I possibly could to get those guys together, and because Derek Webb was also on the show, um, and yeah, I I was very proud of that. Um, I was even on the verge of, of tears at times just to, with that coming together because I I really really enjoyed putting that together so what is this this project that you've mentioned uh, a couple times now with rich mullins for anybody who hasn't heard of it yet yeah um so jimmy abeg who was in the ragamuffin band uh he is putting together a very unique crowdfunding campaign where you can get all kinds of different things including like unheard rich mullins demos from like the early 80s and the late 70s. Uh, there's also going to be a chance where you can get a documentary. I um, can't remember who makes who's making the documentary, but he. Um, there's also a photo book uh, that Jimmy himself is putting together, and there's going to be a compilation of artists that are putting together like a covers. Uh, list of songs and it's just going to be really i mean there's a lot of different levels you have to go check that out um on pledgemusic.com um but it's just kind of in celebration because this this year is 20 years since rich mullins passed away and uh it's just kind of uh in celebration of his life yeah it's really cool looking and it's something i may have to to go and pledge and get that uh, album and possibly that that uh, video too. Did you ever uh, watch the the Rag and Muffin movie that they put out about Rich yeah, Mullins? I did. It uh, came out a few years ago, and and I was a little skeptical about it first, but I I was overall I was pretty impressed by it. Yeah, it's definitely I think one of my favorite Christian movies that I've seen in recent years, in that it it felt like they didn't shy away from like really tough topics or anything. And they really just kind of hit it head on with addressing like some of the really difficult aspects of his life and didn't try and just gloss over it. Yeah. I I appreciated that. And it just kind of made it more, uh, it, I guess it it made it more relevant to, to people that, that, that are struggling with that. And, and I, I just really enjoyed it. Um, you know the acting, of course, wasn't the greatest or anything, yeah. but but it was a good it was a good story and it's one that that deserves to be told. Yeah. So moving on to like uh, talking about your podcast and how it's produced a little bit. When listening to it today, I really noticed that your production quality is is top notch, <laughs> at least compared to mine, because I put so little effort into mine. Listening to yours just just puts my my podcast <laughs> production to shame. <laughs> what goes into to producing it, and and what does that process look like for somebody who's never worked in <laughs> podcasting before? 
it's very uh it's not as it's it's very non-professional to be honest (laughs) i honestly um you know just even going back to high school which i i graduated from high school 13 years ago um you know i got to play around there was a few broadcasting classes that i took there um you know my dad was always a into that he worked at a local television station and and you know he would run sound at church uh so i mean i i was always kind of into you know just putting together you know stuff mm-hmm. and i was always intrigued by that um so i've kind of learned how to get the most out of the very little that i have right um and i'm talking like very little because <laughs> It, I, I, I don't have that professional equipment. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, recording on Logic Pro, like $150, you know, recording equipment. Uh, I don't have a sound mixer, I don't, mm-hmm. you know. I You know, I just kind of make do with what I have, you know. People are surprised when I tell them most of the time that I'm recording my voice, I'm just using my iPhone uh, sound recorder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Which is true. surprisingly good, actually, for just being such a small microphone in a phone that it, it comes out yeah. sounding pretty good most of the time. Yeah, it it really does. And and honestly, um, you know, I, I've kind of listened to podcasts over the years, and I've kind of just kind of gotten a an idea of what works and what doesn't mm-hmm. work. And you know, even today, like I'll I'll listen back to it and I and I'll cringe at like a one little small little edit that I missed. (laughs) And, and, you know, I, you know, when it comes to that, I, I, I'm probably too much of a perfectionist, but, uh, you know, I just, I'll just use music that I have in my catalog and I try not to use too much of it so that would not make the artist upset. But, you know, I think it, it It gets into kind of a gray area. So, yeah, but, but at the same time, I, I think it's, if if I'm not playing more than like the iTunes preview, right? Then you know, it, I think it just sets a good background for someone that might not ever have listened to that artist. That just gives them an idea of what they sound yeah, it like. Definitely helps when you have a little bit of something to go along with it. So when you're talking about something, it's not just something obscure that people don't really know what you're referencing to. Right. So like when it comes to recording equipment, getting back to that. Um, I just use Audacity most of the time, mm-hmm. which is a free recording software that you can get. Um, you know, maybe right. one day I'll upgrade, but but for right now, that's what I have, and it works fine, it's, honestly. I don't know what you upgrade to when you're doing for a podcast, though, because it already does pretty much everything you need for a podcast, so... <laughs> right. The only thing with Audacity is you can only record on one channel, and so... Mm. Okay. Um, so like if I if I can't record your voice and my voice on one computer, huh. pretty much. Okay, I didn't realize but, that. I guess I, I haven't really messed yeah. around with it that much though. So. Yeah. So like, how do you go about doing uh, like the the format for your podcast? Do you, did you come up with like you said you listened to a lot of podcasts and uh, kind of had an idea of what worked and what didn't work? Did you kind of use that to build like a, a format for how you wanted to do your show every week or, or is it just still kind of hit and miss? This is what I want to do this week and change it up all the time. Yeah. I, you know, I'm still kind of 
that's kind of still under construction. I'm trying to see what works, what doesn't work. Uh, you know, getting feedback from people here and there. Uh, the flashback segments that we just started uh, at the beginning of this year seems to be a big hit. Um, you know, one thing that, that I don't like doing is kind of like going off on a tangent about something that's very unrelated to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, um, for instance, I, you know, I don't want to name other different types of podcasts, but, um, for instance, but I, I, I'll use this example. Uh, there's a podcast called the relevant podcast that, um, is pretty popular. Uh, it's relevant magazine. They do their own thing. And for me, it's just not something that I enjoy because, they just they just randomly talk about random things that are very unrelated to anything that right. I'm interested in. And so, I, you know, there's just a lot of extra stuff. And I, didn't, I just wanted to kind of have a meat and potatoes. You know, this is what this podcast is going to be about, and I don't want to have anything extra. I just, you know, I value the, the listener's time. And so, you know, I just... Here's the flashback. Okay, we'll talk a little bit about the album. Here's the interview. Okay, we'll talk about a little bit about the interview. Here's some music releases. Okay, see you next time. That's pretty much mm-hmm. what I do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, meat and potatoes is probably the best way I would describe it. Just very basic and simple as can be. Which I think if if most of the time you're the only one on the podcast, so that I think really works to your favor. I think it'd be kind of weird if you're the only person on the podcast and then you go off on a tangent on something. It's a little different when you at least have two or three people because they kind of get off on a conversation and then you're listening to several people talk. But when it's just yourself, it turns into a monologue and that's kind of weird. It's very hard to talk to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned the the flashback segment that you've started to go back and, and talk about albums from uh the past in christian music what was your inspiration for doing that well um you know the whole reason i started the website was like a nostalgia reason you know Mm -hmm. dc talk um so you know i i kind of wanted to get away from that um for a while but then i realized that that was kind of the root of why i started it so i kind of wanted to to uh to get back to that a little bit, um, not make that the whole reason why I do it, but I, I just think it would be fun to, to go back and, and listen to an album and, and kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, and, and from everything that I've heard, it's been a big hit and, and there's people that have, you know, they said, well, I haven't heard that album in 10 years. I'm going to go back and listen to it. Um, so, I don't know. It's fun for me anyway to go back and, and listen to the, some of those old albums. So uh, moving on to like the, the topic of, of Christian music, how do you go about deciding what artist you're going to uh, have on the podcast for interviews and recommendations and, and so on? Do you have any kind of criteria for how you decide what artist you consider acceptable and which ones you don't? Uh, you know, that's, that's a really tough question because, um, I, 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 you know, for one, it's availability. Um, I, I don't, I don't always get to choose who I get on, get on there because that, you know, 
mm-hmm. that was up to me, I'd have the Pope on next week. I mean, that would, <laughs> you know, that'd be fun. That, that um, would be but, big profile. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, a lot of it's availability. It's about who makes themselves available. Uh, you, you know, and, and that becomes a little more convenient for me as I become more experienced because I do have, you know, some management teams that I'm familiar with that, mm-hmm. you know, they'll pitch me some artists that they're trying to promote an album. Uh, so that, that is, that has become easier for me. Um, you know, the, the part where, how do I choose, um, that gets a little hard for me because I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't always enjoy the music of the artist that I'm interviewing. Right. Um, you know, that sometimes that just is not my taste of music, but, um, if I know that someone is, is being moved by that music and, and, you know, that they can bring glory to God through that, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's kind of the tough thing for me. Another, you know, another reason for that, uh, is I'm not a fan of all the genres out there. I mean, one of the reasons why I've had my brothers go and do some of the harder music, uh, genres is because I don't really know that much about some of those bands. Um, and they, they're, they, I do know a little bit, but they, you know, they, they're more experienced with them and they know them better. So, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of leave it to them. Um, and that's kind of been very handy to have. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's kind of tough when it gets to that because, um, you know, I've, like I said, I've had artists that I don't really care for, but, you know, I, I still have them on. I'm fair, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like you said at the beginning, though, like you, you kind of have to take what you can get when you're doing interviews. If, if you've got an artist that wants to do an interview, then, I mean, you're not going to turn that down when you, you need somebody to interview. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about uh, music discovery and um, like what you've been listening to. So, I mean, first, like, how do you find new artists when you're looking for something new to listen to? Do you have any tips for for looking for uh, new music? It's really weird uh, when you have a podcast that you'll you'll you wouldn't believe the amount of people that will text you. Hey, have you listened to this band? <laughs> and and or management teams that will send you albums of new artists. That and honestly, sometimes it can get a little overwhelming because when you have, I mean, I get it. No joke, I get a couple emails every week from management teams that are sending me albums from artists that you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's not really my thing, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's some of it. Another part of it is, you know, just kind of uh, exploring things like Spotify and, and um, kind of just even sometimes going on and seeing other radio stations, what they're playing, and just looking at the band names mm-hmm. and trying to be familiar with them because I, I, I'll be honest, I'm not too up on a lot of the current music these days. Um, right. Like I, but, um, which is really bad for a music podcast <laughs> host, but <laughs> there's just so but, uh, much. It's, it's hard to, to stay up to date right. on everything. So you got to pick like, and choose. Right. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, it's just, you know, and, and another thing is it's just really hard to find time for all that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've got a, a full-time job and you're involved with your church and you have a family and, you know, it's just... And you're making a podcast. <laughs> right. It's, it's, you just kind of have to pick and choose and, and, and that's kind of what I have to do. Yeah. So tell me then, what have you been listening to when you have time to listen to something? Yeah, um, so, you know, other than the the artists that I've had on my podcast, um, so obviously I've been listening to a bunch of, of Rich Mullins lately. Um, I had a band called Death Therapy on not too long ago that I actually saw them live, um, and so I, I listened to them for a while, um, but for... For artists that have not been on my podcast, I guess Army of Bones, uh, mm-hmm. which is Martin Smith's, who was in Delirious, his his new band, they just put out a new album, which is absolutely amazing. And then an, an album called Colliding by Design by a band called Acceptance, yep. who their last album, I think, came out when I was in high school. So it was, it's been a while, but I, I really love love that album i think those are the two that i've really kind of listened to lately uh i really like the euro rock sound of army and bones mm-hmm. and i really like the kind of the piano driven that acceptance yeah. synth and piano driven that acceptance has yeah i've been listening to the acceptance one myself quite a bit what's your favorite track on it so far oh gosh uh <laughs> or tracks i don't <laughs> yeah that's tough um uh, see, the, the the tough thing for me is I never know, I don't know the names of the songs. Oh, right. You... <laughs> but I just I have it right in front of me, and, and I, I we can't escape, and I think uh, seventy three are my two favorite. Yeah, seventy three right was the the first track that kind of like caught my attention. I'm like, okay, what's the name of this song? I want to know which one yeah. this one is. Yeah, that's a really good song. Yeah, so um, something else I've been trying to do is also talk about albums from the past that have been overlooked or have been underrated um, that maybe you would want to draw attention to. Are there any albums that you would like want to highlight for, that you think that people should know about from Christian music's past? Hmm. Uh, well, um, you know, just recently there's a band called Small Town Poets. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I, I follow the lead singer on Facebook, and he, he kind of did this thing over the past weekend where their debut album actually turned 20 years old this past weekend. Uh, and that was their self-titled debut that they came out and did uh, through Ardent Records, uh, which was, you know, they they and Skillet were kind of the Ardent Records kind of there that was kind of art at records back then so um but that debut album that they put out was outstanding uh so that i guess that's an example you know there's a couple i can't really point to one album but bleach for me has probably mm-hmm. been the most underrated band for me i i absolutely love that album and um i'm dying for them to do another one someday they always kind of hint at it <laughs> and they, 
even talking to one of the guys last year, they said that, that they're working on putting one together uh, produced by Aaron Sprinkle, who actually just did the Acceptance album. Mm-hmm. And and um, and just put out so, his own album, too. Right, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, Bleach, anything that they did. Um, and, I mean, uh, it's really tough to point to many other ones <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, I mean, because there's so many, so many that I've listened to over the years. So what about albums that uh, are possibly coming out soon in the near future that you're excited about and would suggest pre-ordering? Or... Um, yeah, um, I would say it's tough because a lot of the ones that I was waiting for this year have already come out. Um, Lecrae, I know he's putting out an album mm-hmm. soon. Um, yeah, I don't know what to expect, honestly, because some of the singles that he's released recently, I don't know that I've really been into as mm-hmm. much as, as his earlier stuff. Um, but, um, I can't say he's ever really let me down before. Um, I, cause I, I really enjoy the stuff that he's put out. Another hip hop artist uh, propaganda and I think Beautiful Eulogy as well. I think both of them yeah. are putting out Do albums. Do you have any idea what's going on with the Beautiful Eulogy album? Because it was supposed to be out in like November and then yeah. it got pushed back to March and then here we are in March and it didn't drop when like I mean all the websites like Amazon and everything said it was coming out March 10th and then I'm looking at it like March 17th and it's still on there it says it was coming out March 10th and I'm like going what's going on here <laughs> I I don't have a clue I don't know I I've seen the same thing uh I know both of those guys are really busy yeah so <laughs> I'm sure that has a lot to do with it um and I actually get to see them this summer I actually have a date lined up with them in Pennsylvania in June, so I, that'll be the first time I get to see them. Um, so hopefully by then they'll have it. Hopefully, else, but yeah. if yeah. not, ask them what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be try to do that. Yeah. Well, that's all I've got for this week. So, um, do you want to give us an, our listeners an idea where they can keep up with uh, decent Christian talk online, and if they want to listen to some episodes or anything like that? Sure. Um, our main website is decentchristiantalk.com. Every every time we post on there, uh, we give the YouTube, the SoundCloud, and the iTunes link. So if if you're familiar with any of those, just, just hop on there and you'll kind of be guided to where you can listen to that. Um, and, you know, we have our Twitter account, DC Talk Act 2. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we have various other social media outlets, mm-hmm. including Facebook, Decent Christian Talk, and Instagram, which I think is DC Talk Podcast. Um, but yeah, um, we would really love if, if you guys haven't listened before, check us out and, and 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 try to let us know let us know what you think because we we love the feedback. Cool. Thanks for coming on, Gabe. And uh, this has been the I Know a Guy podcast. And you can find us on Facebook. And you can subscribe in iTunes and Google Play. And I also write for Indie Vision Music if you want to see what I'm up to over there. And I'm also on uh, the Christian Music subreddit if you want to go and check that out and find some new Christian music. Uh, that's pretty much it, guys. So thanks for listening. <laughs>